Gracious God and Father, you've promised that your holy word, which goes forth from your mouth, will not return to you empty, but it will accomplish what you desire. It will succeed in the matter for which you've sent it. May your word have its way, we pray, in every heart this day, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. So, in the Apostles' Creed, we confess our faith in this way. We believe in the communion of saints. So what does that mean? What is the communion of saints? And, for that matter, <laughs> what, what's a saint? Well, the New Testament defines a saint as one who is made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is to say, we don't make ourselves holy. We cannot do that. No. God makes us holy. He forgives our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made holy through his blood. That includes you and me. That includes all who are baptized and who believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are the holy ones made holy by him and by him alone. And together now, we form a communion. Not just those of us on earth who are made holy by the blood of Jesus, but we form one communion with those who've gone before us into heaven. They're also made holy by the blood of Jesus. What we have in common with them, what we share, what makes us a communion is the humanity of Christ, his shed blood on our behalf. And that's why, if you take a look on page 14 of your worship bulletin, at the bottom of the page 14, you'll notice the last sentence. This is in the preface for the day. Together with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, that's the faithful departed, Together with them, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising God and saying, and then we go into the Sanctus, all right? That is to say, when we gather around Jesus, the humanity of our Lord, we have in common with those saints in heaven that same human Jesus. And you see this in our first reading for today from Revelation chapter 7, where we see this vision of celestial worship. And where are the saints? They're gathered around the throne of God and the Lamb. And the Lamb is in the very center of the throne. He is the focal point, you see. And when we gather around Him, his body and blood, his very humanity, when we gather around him, we simply join in the life of heaven, the worship of heaven. That's how we're one communion. We are, in a very real sense, the earthly part of God's choir. And when we gather together around the risen Lord, we join in the worship of of the heavenly part of God's choir. Now, if that's what worship is, if, if we are actually 
in these moments participating in the very life of heaven, let me ask you this. Where else would you rather be on the Lord's Day than to be among his people gathered around the risen Lord? Observing All Saints Day reminds me that the faithful departed are not really gone. They're merely gone from our sight. So, believers slash saints, that's what we are, the holy ones, made holy by the blood of Jesus, we actually live in three different realms. There is the earthly realm. Some of us live on earth. We are the earthly part of God's choir. Some of us are alive in heaven, the heavenly part of God's choir. So here, this situation is good. We belong to God's family. That's good. That's Roman numeral one in your worship outline. The heavenly part of God's choir is better according to Scripture. That's Roman numeral two in the outline. And finally, all of us, according to Scripture, all of us will live together visibly in God's choir on the last day. Heaven and earth joined visibly now. Now we're joined invisibly, then visibly. That's best. That's point three in your outline. So point number one in the outline, the good, okay? Actually, we could say very good. It's very good to be in Christ. Letter A, we are God's children now, according to the Apostle John in his first letter. We are God's children now, although we don't look like it. We don't appear any different from people out there. St. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1 that before the foundation of the world, God chose you and me to believe in his Son. Before the world was made, we were predestined to adoption as God's children through faith in Jesus Christ so that we would know him, our Father in heaven, and so that we might inherit, as children do, all that is his. Now that's what John means when he writes, we are God's children now. Today, not just someday, but today. John also writes, we don't look like God's children today. We don't. You can't walk into Kroger's and tell by looking who's a Christian and who is not. We don't have halos above our heads. We look like everyone else, and truth be known, we sin like everyone else. We do. But here's the difference. We acknowledge our failures. We acknowledge our sins. We mourn our mistakes. We repent of our failures, and we confess them to one another and to our Father in heaven because we know that he's already forgiven us through the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ. Letter B. The world does not know us because it did not know him. You see, the world does not know us as God's children because the world does not know God as our Father. The world is proud of its knowledge, to be sure, 
But the most important knowledge of all, the knowledge of God in Christ, the world is ignorant of that. So don't be surprised that the world doesn't acknowledge your exalted status as a child of God. Don't be surprised. Remember what Jesus said about John the Baptist. He said, among those born of women, there's no one greater than John the Baptist. And yet, the one who is the very least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. John is greater than all other people. And yet, you are greater. You are more favored, in other words, than John in the eyes of God. Not in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God himself. And you can't get any better than that. There's no condition, no situation, this side of heaven, better than that. And that brings us to Roman numeral two. There is something better than this. Better by far. Better by far. No one on earth is more blessed than you and I. No one. That's what the scripture teaches. The Beatitudes in our gospel lesson echo that. And yet compared with the faithful departed, we are to be pitied, not envied. I know the world doesn't see it that way. And all too often we don't see it that way. That's why we need to hear the word of the Lord. We are to be pitied compared to them, not envied. St. Paul writes, letter A, I desire to depart and to be with Christ which is better by far. Better by far. The Greek word there, malon kreson, means infinitely better. To be with him. To depart and be with him is infinitely better than this wonderful condition that you're in today. For them, at least, it's infinitely better, let me add. We don't feel infinitely better. But we don't navigate through life by our feelings. We navigate by hearing the word of the Lord. Letter B. St. Paul writes, we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. At home with the Lord. This is not our home. The scripture says that we are aliens and strangers on the earth. This is not our homeland. This is not our country. We are citizens of heaven. That means we're not yet home. So don't get too comfortable here. (laughs) It won't last. Let her see. Our Lord said from the cross to the thief, he said, today, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Not tomorrow. There's no mention here of any sort of purgatory. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. I'd love to read in the scriptures how God's people speak of the hereafter in the most positive terms. It's amazing, you know. For example, in Genesis 25, We read that Abraham breathed his last and he was gathered to his people. Gathered to his people. Now he's gathered to his people only when he breathes his last. It's as if he was away 
from his people while he was here on earth. We assume that we're with our people when we're here. The truth is, I'm beginning to believe, according to the word of God, in the next life, we're far more together than we ever were here. Now, I I want you to take a look at your hymn of the day on page 11. If you would take a look at that for just a moment. Notice stanza four that we sang just a few moments ago. O blessed communion, fellowship divine. There's the idea that we are one communion, heaven and earth together, the saints in both places. O blessed communion, fellowship divine. Now notice the contrast. Even though we're one community, notice the contrast. We feebly struggle. They in glory shine. The contrast. Yet, now we come back to the unity. Yet all are one in thee, in Christ. His humanity is what we have in common. For all are thine. Christ is our unity. When we gather around him, we're one communion, one community. Now look at stanza six. This is where it gets even better. The golden evening brightens in the west. Now now notice, evening refers to the end of life. You know, when you're in the evening of your life, it's drawing to a close. But notice the contrast here. The golden evening brightens. It brightens in the west. Now, evenings don't brighten. (laughs) they're, They're dim. But this evening's different. It's bright with the bright light of Christ. Evenings brighten in the west. This evening does. Soon, soon to faithful warriors cometh rest, you see. There's the better by far. Sweet is the calm of paradise the blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. And, and, but it doesn't stop there. And that's my point today. It doesn't stop there. They who are infinitely better off than we are today, they're not as well off as they will be. Look at seven, stanza seven. But lo, there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. This is the resurrection. The king of glory passes on his way. He returns and raises us up. Alleluia, alleluia. That's best of all. And that's Roman numeral three in your outline. The best condition of all. Letter A, and this is from Revelation 7, 9, our uh, first reading for this morning. After this I looked and behold a great multitude, and notice, standing before the throne. Standing before the throne. Standing is resurrection talk. We stand on our feet. Spirits float. Spirits don't have feet. We will have feet. We will stand 
in glorifying bodies, eternal bodies. That is to say, we are not angels. We never will be angels. Angels are spirit only. They have no bodies. You and I were created as embodied spirits. We are meant to live embodied lives now and in eternity. Letter B. And this is the, from the resurrection narrative, Luke 24. As they, the disciples, were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood. He stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. You see, he's resurrected. He's standing on his feet. The disciples were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. And Jesus said, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And let her see, when he appears from our second reading today, 1 John 3, verse 2, when Christ appears, we shall be like him. That is to say, resurrected or embodied. God has no greater glory than when he comes to us in flesh. He has no greater glory than when his flesh is raised from the grave on Easter morning. Now, in the same way, the greatest glory you and I can experience is not to die and go to heaven. Dying and going to heaven is better by far than being here, but it pales in comparison to being raised in glory. The resurrection of the body is the greatest glory God can experience, and it's the greatest glory you and I can experience together. And Sinners like you and I will share in the glory, the resurrected glory of God himself. Now I want to end the message today by singing stanzas 6, 7, and 8 of For All the Saints. And remember, as, as we sing, we are the earthly part of God's choir, and we join the heavenly part of God's choir and on the eighth and final verse, we will stand because that's what glorified, resurrected people do. We stand in the presence of God.